Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. Welcome. It is such a pleasure to speak with a very special guest we have on this morning. Her name is Pamela Richard. She is the co-founder of the Coalition to Stop CO2 Pipelines. She wears many hats, however, and she is joining us to speak about, well, just breaking, really, a breaking innovation, the Navigator CO2 pipeline is is no more. Is that correct, Pamela? That is true. That is true, Trent. And I am with the Coalition to Stop CO2 Pipelines and co-director of EcoJustice Collaborative. And my nonprofit has been working to, uh, to stop Navigator's pipeline for the past two years. So the news today was extraordinary. Unexpected and yet expected because, you know, the signs were there. They have uh, had trouble in South Dakota, North Dakota, and Iowa, and coming here into Illinois, uh, where they uh, had to seek approval from the Illinois Commerce Commission. They received two recommendations of denial from a key ICC staff member, and that was quickly followed by their motion to withdraw. Um, but it wasn't over till it's over, right? And so today we got news that, yes, indeed, they decided to cancel their project. Absolutely incredible. Pamela Richard, co-founder of the Coalition Stop CO2 Pipelines. It is absolutely fantastic to speak with you about this innovation. And Pam, which counties in Illinois was this pipeline set to run through? Hancock, Adams, McDonough, Henry, Knox. Fulton, Schuyler, Brown, Pike, Scott, Morgan, Sangamon, Christian, and Montgomery. Wow. That is quite a good number. Now, for our audience that may not be as aware of this issue and similar issues, would you explain to them why you have so fiercely fought uh, CO2 pipelines, including this one that just has been announced to be no more? Sure, that, that is a, a great question for your listeners if they're not quite familiar uh, with the story here. Uh, CO2 pipelines do exist in Illinois, in Illinois, not in Illinois at all, in this country, but what was being proposed by Navigator, uh, if it were to be built, it would have been the longest and most complex CO2 pipeline, not just in the country, but also in the world. And CO2 pipelines carry an asphyxiant. They're prone to rupture, and if they rupture or leak, guess what's released? CO2. And carbon dioxide is a toxic, uh, uh, toxicant to human beings, and if it, it displaces oxygen. So if you are in the path of a rupture uh, or a leak, uh, depending upon the length uh, of, of exposure and the concentration, you're either going to be harmed severely or potentially die if you're if you're there and the concentrations are high enough. And the problem is uh, the federal en- entity, uh, Pipeline and Hazardous Material Safety Administration, recognizes that CO2 pipelines are not safe and need to have improved safety me- measures and oversight. They realized that after there was an accident in Mississippi about two years ago where uh, uh, a release and rupture did happen and a release of, of CO2 traveled 
over a mile into a small town of Satarsha, and everybody along its path uh, was affected. Uh, People convulsed. uh, They became unconscious. Uh, Rescue was really difficult because folks didn't know what they were dealing with and needed air supply uh, respirators. Engines uh, wouldn't, uh, internal combustion engines wouldn't work. Uh, because of the uh, displacement of oxygen that happens when CO2 is released. And so rescue is really difficult. And after that, the federal government, CIMSA, uh, decided to uh, not only do an investigation report, but follow that with an announcement it was uh, going to change its rules to better protect uh, people in this country uh, by improving safety and oversight of CO2 pipelines. But guess what? Uh, the developers, like Navigator, were going forward anyway. So, so that was problem number one. The problem number two that happened, uh, and that's a result of this, is that is that we don't have any standards in place here in Illinois or anywhere that I know of that really shows us uh, what we need to be doing with respect to uh, setbacks to make people safe. That requires a precise modeling uh, uh, program, and it also requires standards that need to be set by states like ours to be able to determine the thresholds of acceptable CO2 levels. So how far should people be from that pipeline before it's so dangerous that they're going to succumb to it and can't get out? We need we need to know these things, right? And so And so for us, it's like, CO2 pipelines, which are part of a larger carbon capture, transport, and sequestration uh, process, uh, are a, a middle linchpin that was fought, fraught with errors. So, uh, so we've been talking about this uh, for quite some time. And then, of course, because it's a private project, uh, Navigator is a private company, and the funding is coming to these private companies from your tax dollars and mine, the federal tax uh, federal government has made a lot of money uh, available to incentivize what they consider to be a climate solution. Uh, we've got this mad dash happening in, in uh, the state of Illinois, and no one is prepared. They don't know about it. They don't know what to do about it. Landowners receive very little notification in advance and are expected to figure out how they can uh, engage in the process to protect themselves. Uh, and so we feel we felt very strongly that if the federal government uh, was was going to need to take some time, and in fact, if the uh, pipeline developers were not going to wait, we needed to get out there and do some education and and do what we could to protect landowners and get them engaged in the review and approval process, which we did. And so groups like uh, Citizens Against Heartland Greenway Pipeline were formed. Uh, by the coalition to stop CO2 pipelines, and then another group that would be for Navigators Project, and we have another group that's still engaged and working against Wolf, which is Citizens Against Predatory Pipelines. So, so we're and we've got legislation we're working on as well because local governments can only do what they can do uh, to protect themselves, and they don't have all the tools that they need to ensure that. There will be safe setbacks, and that the design of these pipelines is the best it can be, uh, because the federal government has researched this and come up with a, so to, so to speak, a cookbook of what you must do. That's a long-winded answer, but I hope that <laughs> I hope that addresses your 
your question. We love thorough answers. We don't call them long-winded. We call them thorough. Absolutely fantastic. Pamela Richard, co-founder of the Coalition to Stop CO2 Pipelines and hard-working individual in the fight to educate the populace. Yes, and, and if I might, might just say, Navigator may be over. But there are projections that suggest we could have as many as 96,000 miles of CO2 pipelines in this country, much of that in the Midwest. And so we are going to continue our outreach and work with counties uh, so that they know and can be prepared when the next pipeline developer comes in. So, so please, please know that we'll be, we'll be out there doing that. And equally important, we'll be fighting wolf carbon solutions, which again is moving forward without those protections in place. And then thirdly, uh, there is legislation that we're working on to pass that could make Illinois a leader in uh, carbon capture, uh, transport, and sequestration by maximizing protections for residents who live here. So I, I hope your listen, listeners will pay attention to those three things. Support our efforts to stop wolf, uh, to expand our efforts to talk to counties and municipalities about tools they can use to protect themselves, and then finally to, in fact, uh, work together to get good legislation passed um, by the General Assembly in the spring. Let's talk with Trent Arnelson here with Pamela Richard co-founder of the Coalition to Stop CO2 Pipelines, and she has just provided us with such an education, such wonderful information, and she's not done yet. Where can the people go if they are interested in reading more about CO2 pipelines as well as what you are all getting into? They can, we have a, a website that gets updated uh, fairly regularly. And it's really easy to remember it. It's called NoIllinoisCO2Pipelines.org. And that's a great way to, to uh, know what's happening. And also, you can connect directly with me and other uh, uh, organizers via the website. So NoIllinoisCO2Pipelines.org. Pamela Richard, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us today about such a pressing, breaking issue, and we know that the uh, that your fight is not yet over. It's not. <laughs> so thank you. Absolutely. But we'll celebrate today. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and we look forward to having you back on the program to speak in the future. Thanks much, Trent. Absolutely. Pam Richard, co-founder of the Coalition to Stop CO2 Pipelines here. Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. Enjoy your day and your week and go walk out in nature and enjoy that too.